the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3 uh, on your drive home here. It is a delight to have in studio with me one of my favorite people in Arizona, one of my favorite people who ever served in Congress. I'd like him to do it again, but that's a conversation perhaps for another time. He is Congressman John Shattuck, formerly representing the old 4th Congressional District here in the Phoenix metro area, parts of Scottsdale, parts of Paradise Valley. Parts of uh, Did you reach down as far as Tempe, a little bit of Tempe maybe? Not to Tempe, Not to Scottsdale. Tempe. That's right. That's right. Yes, the old uh, Congress, the old CD four. Matt Salmon had North had, had uh, South Scottsdale. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was and South. JD Scottsdale. had North, and yeah. I had in between. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So were you always trying to keep those two separate, Matt Salmon and JD, or were they trying to keep you reined in? I'm going to try and keep you reined in today. Those, those were good days. Those were the good old days. We could do them again. John Shattuck is the head of Shattuck Associates. He walked in. He said, I'm furious. Why are you furious, John? <laughs> this letter that the White House, and it appears, I mean, the stories I've read say the White House sent out this letter how in God's name can the White House, a government-funded, clearly totally government entity, send out what is a blatantly political letter? Its only purpose is partisan. Its purpose is uh, they write – first of all, they write to the media executives. The government has no business telling the media what to do. But I guess today's media just takes their orders and now it's not in the closet anymore. It's right out front. You might as well have these executives have a daily meeting with the president and say to him, so, Mr. President, what do you want us to do today? Because that's apparently the way it works. But so the government is telling these uh, media executives that it wants them in response to the impeachment inquiry to begin attacking uh, the the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mr. McCarthy. Why attack him? Well, attack him because he's carrying out his constitutional duty, which is to uh, look into corruption and particularly corruption in the federal government. And, and so it looks to me just like it screams as a Hatch Act violation. Uh, so what? So they can print a letter. Why don't they print a, a brochure? Reelect Joe Biden. Why not? And and why why have a campaign headquarters or why have a campaign spokesman if they've got this guy Sam's? Is that his last Ian name? Sam's. Ian yeah. Sam's. Yeah. He works in the White House yeah. Counsel's office. Yeah. So you With the and title I, special assistant to the president. Yeah, you, you and I. He's a special assistant yeah. to the president. Yeah. You and I and every listener to this show right now is paying his salary and he is doing nothing but engaging in a political act and being a politician uh, on and saying essentially, uh, hey, media, we got to get reelected. So start attacking uh, our Republican opponents. And by the way, do it on the basis that there's no evidence. They've started an impeachment inquiry on the basis that there's no evidence. So you should be attacking them. What, are they, what in God's name do they mean there's no evidence? It's stacking up like cordwood. It's, 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 it's almost been admitted by the defendants themselves. Biden goes on TV and says, 
Well, Burisma wanted this guy fired. He didn't say that line. But but he did say that, you know, the government or somebody wanted, I wanted this guy fired. So I told him they better fire him. And guess what? They did. And he thinks it's a big joke. Um, I, I was they, just, weren't, they weren't going to get the money. They weren't going to get financial says, aid unless they fired him. He says, yeah. I, I won't give you the money. So the definition, I just randomly picked up California law. The definition of bribery is offering, giving, or taking. Well, he, uh, something of value. He clearly got things of value. Um, he got his son to remain on the board. Uh, maybe got on the board and then to remain on the board. That's something of value. With corrupt intent, well, you can infer corrupt intent from what he got out of the deal. Never, uh, never it, mind the various pseudonym, pseudonym, pseudonymous emails and right. the email accounts, right? Um, in order to influence a person in any public or official capacity. Yeah. So he gets a government official in uh Uzbek, not Uzbekistan, in, Af- in uh, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, ah, not Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, no. one of the stands. No, he's in uh, Ukraine. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. In Ukraine, he gets this prosecutor fired uh-huh. um, in exchange for delivering, in part delivering our money, but also he says, "Oh, by the way, uh, Hunter here and I need ten million ourselves," and 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 the evidence is there. And then you look at. You know, Hunter goes out and says to writes an email to his siblings saying, hey, you know, don't be worried about me complaining about uh, all of this. Uh, I, unlike dad, um, I won't take half of your salary, right. but I'm paying half half of my income to him. Mm-hmm. And then they set up all these uh, 20 shell companies, 20 different shell companies to funnel the money through. And 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 this guy, Sam's and all of the media have the gall to say, there's not a shred of evidence. What do they want? I mean, it's as though the crime was committed in the public. And what it is, is it's typical, uh, I really want to say, Soviet-era propaganda. If you say something that is a blatant lie and you say it often enough and with enough force, who's the guy who is the— Goebbels. Goebbels, yeah, yeah. Uh, then the people will ultimately believe it. So if they say over and over again, there is no evidence of corruption or no evidence of bribery or no evidence that Joe Biden got anything out of this, uh, apparently they believe that the American people go, yeah, that's right. There's no evidence. So they'll pretend the 10 million uh, that we've traced to at least Hunter uh, and maybe they've traced it to Joe. I don't know. But they've certainly traced it through all these shell companies. There's not a shred of evidence there. And the fact that he goes uh, before the cameras and says, I told him I'm not going to give him the 10, the what was a billion dollars? Son of a gun. He didn't say gun. Son, he yeah. did son of, say son of a gun. He just say son. Of, yeah. Yeah. He kind of cut it short. Yeah. So they they apparently believe if they tell us stupid us, the American people, enough times that there's not a shred of evidence, notwithstanding that, you know, he also said on a thousand occasions, I've never talked with my son about business. Well, that's a laugher right there. There's tons of evidence that he talked with him, tons of evidence that he traded uh, emails with him about it. He not only went to dinner with them on more than one occasion, but in addition to that, there's evidence now that says Hunter's 
associates sent the vice president himself talking points and the vice president approves them according to his secretary and sends them back and says they're approved. What if that's not evidence, what in God's name is it? We're not even I mean, there's so much more to it, too, John. Um, The IRS whistleblowers charged with investigating Hunter Biden's tax case who testified under oath that Joe was present. Joe Biden was present at least one meeting with Hunter's foreign clients in numerous private emails and texts and WhatsApp messages he never imagined would be made public. Hunter talks about his dad not only helping him secure payments, but taking a cut for himself. Hunter's former business partner contends that Joe was involved. Another of Hunter's partners, who is also a former close friend, maintained under oath that Joe spoke to Hunter's associates at least 24 times, often being dialed in on the phone during the business meetings. An FBI informant documented conversations that indicated to him that Joe pressured foreign companies to send millions to the family business. And we haven't even discussed the message that Hunter Biden said, uh, sent to an, uh, to a, to a, to a Chinese operative saying, my dad's right here, please get right Right. back to us and, and send check by end of day. The idea that there's no evidence as the repeated line, it's so funny to me. Yes. Goebbels is certainly one way to go. You tell a lie often enough, but with this whole fact pattern where you have someone from the uh, White House Counsel's Office, writing to the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CNN. You know what it reminded me of more a little bit? One of my favorite movies, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, 1962. You ever? It's a great yep. movie, and there's this line, when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. And it was said by the newspaper reporter. Yeah. And it seems to me that's exactly what's going on right here. Uh, who was it? Mr. Hasbro, I think, in, 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 in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. And that's what they're asking them to do. Let me just reset what the White House Counsel's Office sent to yeah, CNN. Say, some of your listeners probably have been yeah. work all day. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't heard this. Right. Yeah. So a special assistant to the president who works for the White House Counsel's Office sent a letter to the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN and all the rest. Quote, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on Lies. He even tells them what that it's ret- retributional. Let me take a quick break, and we'll come back on this. That this is incredible. John Shadigan, I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Congressman John Shattuck is my guest. We're discussing this rather incredible story of the day where the special counsel's office in the White House sent a letter to the mainstream media saying, quote, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. Keep in mind, the special counsel's office, as John Shattuck was saying in the previous segment, is part of the government. It's not part of the presidential or re-election campaign. It is actually in the government. Ironically enough, it's the office Karin Jean-Pierre often defers questions to when the questions about Joe Biden or when the questions about Hunter Biden or when the questions of legality become a little bit too difficult for her. She always likes to say, she often likes to say, I'm going to defer you to or refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. Um, and I can't get into it, she will often say as well, because it'll be a violation of the Hatch Act. Violations of the Hatch Act, people think it's Orrin Hatch, it's not. But violations of the Hatch Act mean people working for the government can't become involved in electioneering. 
in campaigning. Here you have the White House special counsel's, uh, excuse me, the White House counsel's office with a special assistant to the president saying it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry. Not only is this letter directed to CNN, the Washington Post, and the New York Times, not only is he telling them they need to be investigating Republicans, they say they need to be investigating Republicans because of something Republicans did as part of their interpreted constitutional duty as members of the House of Representatives. John, it's retribution and electioneering and telling the media no longer are we going to keep the idea somewhat under the, as you put it, somewhat under the rug that we have this cozy relationship. We might as well just hang it out there for everyone to see. You are being asked to write what we want you to write. It it is absolutely stunning for me in the sense that I think uh, I, I think the American people largely ignore politics. They've got their lives to go through. They've got their kids to get fed and dressed and off to school. They've got uh, Little League or piano lessons or whatever else. They don't and they shouldn't spend all of their time devoted to the intricacies of politics. But I'll bet you we could go to uh, any seventh grade civics class in this city Maybe I'm being a little bit broad with that, but certainly any high school civics class and say to them, are politicians allowed to use public resources? Uh, That is a printer in a government office to run their campaign. Are they allowed to pay a press secretary from government funds to put out press releases that advance them and go out on campaign literature? And everybody would say, well, no, not not in America. In America, there is a bright line, a very distinct line that every American knows about. And when campaign season starts, they expect to be getting mail pieces that say paid for by, you know, Shattuck for Congress or Biden for president. And sometimes they get a piece of a constituent mail and they look at it very quickly and it says not paid for with government funds. Uh, And so it's kind of a basic piece of knowledge. And you look at this and this guy who writes this letter does it on government time, apparently with government equipment and puts it out of the press office of the White House. It's like there is, in fact, no distinction between the Biden for president campaign and the official government White House that you and I pay for. So that stuns me. But the other part of this, and people don't talk about this, you know, the obvious piece of the Hatch Act is, well, taxpayers' money shouldn't be used by a candidate that they oppose. You know, if they want to run for office, they need to get their supporters to raise the money and pay for the campaign. The other piece of it that people don't think about is if the government can make it clear what it wants from, in this case, the media— then the coercion implicit or inherent in all of that is patently obvious. Oh, uh, our board of directors would rather not have the IRS uh, investigate us, the Washington Post today. So if we get a letter from this guy at the White House saying you need to go after Republicans, hint, hint, you know, in the background is the omnipresent power of the government to have the IRS investigate them. And so uh, a, a essentially a threat, which this essentially is, we're, you know, a threat by a guy in the White House 
to the media saying you need to do this carries with it, you know, the force and coercion. If you get a letter from the IRS saying we're going to audit you, I guarantee you, you get scared. So there's that. Uh, And then those two are just outrageous for me as a lawyer in and of itself. And maybe I'm a naive lawyer, but but I actually believe that public officials should not be using public money to run for reelection. So count me as naive or as a goody goody two shoes. But then you add to it that this gratuitous assertion and, and I kind of blew up at the start of the show that there's no evidence Oh, my gosh, the evidence is just stacking up week after week uh, of uh, the incestuous relationship. And somebody said the other night I, I was catching it on TV and somebody said, well, look, it's not as though Hunter Biden is the first child of a president or a vice president to make money off of their father's name. And another person cut in. Yeah, that might be true. But in this case. The public official actually did what the uh, sibling or the child of the public official was asking to be done. In this case, and, and, and the Burisma example is the clearest, but not the only one there. Are, you know, there's the one with the Russian, the woman, wealthiest yeah, the woman in man. Russia, yeah, right. the, who says, yeah. I want this done and then sends a ring or the instance when they send a car. But in Burisma, it's very clear. The executives of Burisma say to Hunter, we need this prosecutor fired. Hunter says to his introduces his dad to him. They have various meetings. The next thing you know, his dad, who's in charge of uh, Ukraine, says, "I'll make a trip over there." He goes over on the trip and he lays out the threat point blank. If he's not fired, you don't get the money. Uh, it is a clear quid pro quo. How in God's name? And the son then says, "Maybe we haven't yet traced every." We haven't traced through all of the other shell corporations, 20 or 21 of them, exactly which family member it went to. But I guarantee you, you can't defend a bribery case. Uh, The husband can't defend a bribery case by saying, well, but the money went to my wife. Right. That's the other part of this that might be unusual for the person, your friend, who was saying it's not the first time a child of a president or vice president made money off the family name. That's true. But it would be the first time that the parent became a multimillionaire by using that child to collect funds and pay them surreptitiously so that they could. And he did become a multimillionaire. Funny thing. Right. Funny thing. And it would be interesting to know why there had to be all these fake email accounts, it would be interesting to know just how much Joe Biden made from Hunter Biden's business dealings using Joe Biden as entree and name. And that's the difference here. No, Billy Carter and Jimmy Carter and Ron Reagan Jr. did not do this kind of thing. It's not the same thing. Joe Biden got 50 percent of his salary or 50 percent of the cut of what Hunter Biden was making using the Biden name. Biden name was the brand. Joe Biden was the recipient. And he was elected in large part by denying the fact that there was any connection. Let's look at, at other evidence. How about the fact that the Justice Department, people who were directly in line and under the influence of the president and the attorney general, uh, were telling investigators at the IRS, you can't even consider any allegations against Joe. You can't, you know, the the mishandling by or the clearly slanted and unfair handling of this investigation by the Justice Department 
the one guy in America who proved he could never investigate Hunter Biden. And guess what? He's now the special counsel investigating Hunter yeah, Biden. Let's come back spent on that. Five years proving he would never find Hunter Biden guilty of anything. Let's they come now, back on that. Hold that thought. It's outrageous. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. Okay. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Shattigas, Mike. You don't like the Love Boat theme music, John? I actually like it. Oh, it's good music. It Paul Williams music. wrote it. Uh, Cheers so, me up. It was such an interesting show. You know, the Princess Cruise Line had to approve every script. You go back and watch it. These scripts were about sexual harassment. <laughs> you know, they had the ship's staff hitting on every innocent or maybe not so innocent right. passenger. Speaking of innocent and not so innocent, you were making the point. John, in the previous segment, you're making the point that we haven't even gotten to the dealings having to do with the special prosecutor and the investigation there. We haven't talked about either what what an impeachment inquiry means. Is there enough here to go for an impeachment inquiry? I would say there's far more than enough. We had a phone call. Way more than enough. Right. We had a phone call with no special inurement, no financial uh, no financial uh, income over a phone call to Ukraine. And and no one seemed to blink an eye that that was an appropriate thing to do. Uh, Donald Trump called it a witch hunt. Um, so the Biden administration is not using the phrase witch hunt in this case. Uh, they're, they're saying wild goose chase. They're actually just saying goose chase, not wild goose chase. But th- that's what they're calling it here. And I got to tell you, it seems to me that If there were nothing here, if there were no evidence of wrongdoing, then they might just kind of let it fall on its own. Let it let it let it let it die on its own vine. Let it let the Republicans be hoist on their own petard. They can't seem to have it both ways. The Republicans are acting outrageously. We're going to do everything we can to investigate them and go after them for investigating us. And by the way, there's nothing here. There is something odd, too, that no one wants to talk about, which was Joe Biden's repeated lies about having nothing to do, having no conversations with his son throughout the entirety of the campaign. In fact, in the final debate with Donald Trump, Donald Trump uh, accused Joe Biden's son of making money from China. And Joe Biden blatantly and flat out said, my son never made a dime from China. In fact, it's the Trump family that makes money from China. The exact opposite was true. This was in a presidential debate. Now, you can't go to jail for uh, lying in a debate or for merely lying uh, in, a, in, a, in a conversation. But it seems to me that when you obtain the presidency by fraudulent statements, it's worthy of an investigation. And I, and I think the problem is Joe Biden here, not the Republicans. It's, it is, in fact, Joe Biden. Um, he is not capable, I don't think, of telling the truth. And I'm not certain that he plots out the lies as much as he just says what he feels will defend him at the moment, even if, in fact, it's a blatant lie. He thinks it's OK because he doesn't think about the fact that it's a lie. He just thinks, well, you know. I don't think my son made any money off of China, so I'll just say it. Uh, And the fact that that is deceiving people, I'm not sure it even occurs to him. It's just, well, I needed to defend myself and I needed to defend my son. What I wonder here, and and I'm going to get in trouble for this, is how 
is it really the Republicans or the Democrats who are, I would argue, falling short uh, in this circumstance and not saying, oh, my God, this guy sold himself. He sold the American people. He engaged in bribery. Or is it the American people who have come to accept uh, lying in society to a degree that I find stunning? For example, you just cited a good one. He, Biden himself, lied, has lied countless, literally countless times, saying he never, and, and, and being adamant and indignant about it, he never talked to his son about his son's business. And yet we now know that that's just a shocking lie in that he talked to his son regularly. He sent emails to his son helping the company. He went to dinner with people. He engaged in all these things. We discover that the United States attorney for the District of Delaware sits on the allegations against Hudner Biden, which are as long as my arm, crime after crime after crime after crime, some of them uh, perhaps trafficking in uh, young women he never even looks at. He sits on for five years and then tries to enter into a plea deal that lets the guy flat walk. And the American people are watching this with their eyes wide open. I'm going to ask you about lies in where, a moment. Where Where is the outrage? Yeah, I, I want to ask you about where's what America- the outrage over the plea deal. Oh, and, and it tells me that when the Democrats say there is no evidence of a crime by Biden, yeah. by Joe Biden, yeah. when there's clear evidence that he was cooperating with his son and meeting with his son's clients, you know, their strategy of repeat the claim that there is no evidence enough times and the American people will buy it. That's that's what I want to pick up with you when we come back. Let's pick up on that when we come right back. Congressman John Shattig is my guest. John, you were making the point in the previous previous segment about the lies that the American people might just be getting used to because it seems we live in Abe Greenwald that commentary was making the point. We, we live in an age of lies. Um, he said about Joe Biden, he lies when he whispers and he lies when he shouts. The president lies about everything from his policy record to his relationship with his son, to his academic credentials, to how his other son died, to how his house nearly burned down to the ground. He has told three different lies about being re- arrested. In one, it was for civil rights activism. and another, it was for trying to see Nelson Mandela. And yet another, it was for sneaking into a woman's dorm. Lying isn't special. It's the default mode of public debate in the 21st century. We could think about the lies that came out of Rochelle Walensky and the CD. With regard to uh, with regard to vaccines, we now know that in fact that she did was aware that there were breakthrough possibilities before she started telling people that if you take the vaccine, you won't get sick, you won't get ill, you won't transmit it, you won't die. We have gotten so used to all these things that it almost as if it's almost as if none of this matters anymore. We're just in a post-truth world, a pathological lying. World. Christopher Hitchens wrote a book about Bill Clinton, and he said Bill Clinton is a pathological liar. A liar, a pathological liar is someone who tells a lie when the truth would do just fine. Let's take Joe Biden in Alaska on September 11th, saying he was at the World Trade Center or at Ground Zero on the following day. Um, a monumental lie about an important piece of memory, which is interesting enough, because his whole point was never forget, never forget, never forget. And Anyone who was there, as I was saying yesterday, 
Anyone who was there in Washington or New York knows that no one was going into New York on September 12th. Amtrak wasn't able to go into Penn Station. Airlines were grounded across the country, and no cars were being let into lower Manhattan or any other part of New York City from outside the state. And he simply and easily enough could have made his point by saying, a week later I went, or in you know, as, short, as soon as I could, I was. It, it just wouldn't have mattered. He lies with reckless abandon, and no one seems to care. Um, and they're not really lies about small things. They're lies about big things. They're lies about corruption. They're lies about biography. They're lies about achievement. They're lies meant to pull the strings of the hearts of the American peoples and their emotions when he lies about his son or when he lies about civil rights activism, when he talks to people in Hawaii about the fire that nearly destroyed his house. These are this we have we have a president that you have to say if he told you it was raining, you'd want to look outside for independent yep. evidence to ensure that it was. And the question is, does it matter anymore? And if it doesn't matter, it seems to me, if it just doesn't matter, then we can't have politics. We can't have public policy. We can't have an embracement of values. When I embrace and vote, uh, when I when I vote for a particular candidate, I think when most people vote for a particular candidate, John, they're voting because they represent that person's values. Well, how do you know that person represent them, represents them if they're not telling the truth about anything or half the things or a quarter of the things? So when Joe Biden is caught to lie about all this stuff, why should we believe him about anything else he says? The old Latin phrase, falsus uno falsus omnibus. You lie in one thing, you lie in everything. Seems to me it should apply to Joe Biden, but it seems to me you're right. No one cares. It's become the standard. It's become the norm. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I think about all those lies by Joe Biden, and then I stop and say, well, what about if he can lie about anything and everything that's convenient to lie, then what about other institutions or people that I have trusted? And so, you know, growing up, I think I've said, uh, uh, I've trusted implicitly and without any question the FBI. Mm -hmm. Today, I don't longer believe I can lie. I can trust the FBI because they have lied. Um, how they uh, hid and covered up their possession of the Hunter Biden laptop for months, actually for over a year, uh, and 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 for example. The lack of values established when they didn't fire the FBI employees that they discovered were saying, well, uh, yeah, we conspired against uh, Donald Trump. We had a fallback position because we were so afraid he might win. It, there was a time in America when that would have gotten them fired on the spot because you were supposed to, as a civil certain servant, you were supposed to act according to a code of ethics and, and do the right thing. Today, you look at the other agencies, you look at all the health care, public health care agencies. Now that the pandemic is over or isn't, do I trust any public health agency or entity or spokesman? No, because they lied so rampant, rampantly and frequently and uh, regardless of the effort that you, you'd be an idiot to believe them now. We learned just now, just yesterday, I guess. That CIA, the CIA was paying people to change their position on whether or not uh, the virus started in the Wuhan lab. The CIA, who who in government, who in society can we trust anymore? And and, and I would I would like to hope that it does matter. And I would like to believe that in this coming election, 
uh, Americans will look more carefully and do a better job of saying, you know, do I want to live my life by lies and do I admire people who live their lives by lies? Because you're right. If if we can't believe uh, that the people around us in this society are bound by a fundamental set of principles, uh, which include uh, that there is such a thing as the truth, then we can't have a nation. We can't have an organized society. We just accept, uh, we have dumbed down the principles or values of the nation to the point where it doesn't matter. Uh, you, it, can't, it, you can't even have an economy. I mean, this, this, this was kind of the issue surrounding Enron and that period of time where you just couldn't put tr- trust in, in big financial institutions either. Now, of course, they were violating things in 18 U.S.C., but that is kind of the point, is that truth matters and trust matters, whether you're putting your money or something perhaps even far more precious, your sacred vote. Trust does matter. I, I tell candidates when they come to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about running, uh, I say to them, well, in my personal view, I think voters base their votes first and foremost on who they trust. And you know, some, you know, obviously who don't have time and are in a hurry, some base it on looks. I remember when Rick Renzi ran for Congress, a lot of women would tell me, whoa, he's so good looking. But at the end of the day, they they really do, I think, base it on who who can you believe in? Who can you trust? I said to a friend today, if you're if you meet a new friend or, or you're making a new friendship and you discover the individual consistently embellishes or doesn't tell the truth, are you motivated to get closer to him or to say, yeah, I'm busy this afternoon? Uh, that's a great test. And, and, and that's the question about the American body politic. I think we have the ability to identify lying or deceptive conduct. But the question is, do we care anymore? And and if we don't, we're in deep trouble. John Shattuck, thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which brought to you by Y-Refi. Let's review what Y-Refi can do and mean for you. It's an investment in a secure, collateralized portfolio that allows you to earn up to a 10.25% rate of return, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. And if you're worried about the volatility of the stock market or inflation in the Federal Reserve, this is an investment not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. And there are absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back at any time. And you get a monthly statement with no surprises. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. That's 888-YREFI-24. As John was walking out, I was just saying, you know, one of the, he was he was um, he was in Congress when uh, Bill Clinton was uh, impeached, and you know, I was just saying to John, it reminds me people forgot that when the Republicans announced the impeachment uh, charges against Bill Clinton, Larry Flint, the publisher of of Hustler magazine ran an ad in the Washington Post offering a million dollars to anyone who could come up with sexual improprieties against the Republicans. It was an intimidation campaign, of course. And it seems to me that there is little less here 
indifference from what the White House Counsel's Office is doing with the media today when you have the White House Counsel's Office instructing the media, the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, the mainstream media, to investigate Republicans. But what's interesting to me is they had no pulling of the punch on why they asked. It's quite clear in the letter they sent. It's time for the media to ramp up its security. Excuse me. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of the House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. For opening. Why for opening an impeachment inquiry? And would the papers and the news outlets not be investigating Republicans for any other reason? Do they not investigate Republicans? Did the White House Counsel's Office think it needed to encourage the Washington Post, CNN, and the New York Times? to investigate Republicans. That's what's interesting. That's what's interesting. You can sit back and do nothing in the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN and the rest will be going after Republicans. It's interesting that the White House Office of of Legal Counsel thought that they had to tell the paper to do this. It's odd to me. It's odd beyond words that I can express that this isn't a removable offense of Ian Ames at the White House and itself worthy of an impeachment article against the White House legal counsel and the White House administrators who allowed this to let this go forward to the media. They're, in fact, digging a deeper hole than they realize, I think. They're digging a deeper hole than even the original impeachment inquiry was set to investigate. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com